0: To be doing that (laughs) bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Welcome back, BS for Brian Simpson. Uh, Don't forget our sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, Offer code BS20 for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, Don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you need any advice from the advice champ, email me, email me, don't text, don't comment, email me. At BS with Brian Simpson at gmail.com. And before we get to the end, because I usually do this at the end, mm-hmm. I want to do it right at the beginning so I don't forget. Sometimes I I'm just I, I don't think I forget that often, but I sometimes I'm afraid I'm gonna forget. Let's do it right at the top. Ooh. Okay. So first of all, someone Um this is from Kevin. Uh he said, I watched this video about Sri Lanka and the turmoil that was caused by a really poor administration by decades of nepotist government all of it was surmised into economic inflation caused by debt at the end of the video the proposed solution was more loans to stabilize the region this was really weird to me because you normally don't cure an illness by doing the things that cause it in the first place you you hear that Um, um, what's that bullshit pseudoscience shit they do Homeopathy. Homeopathy. Okay. Um, smoking more to cure lung cancer comes to mind. But here are my questions. How is borrowing more money going to stabilize a country that has been borrowing money? Okay. Uh, well, well, there's, there's two more questions. So to address that one, first of all, I don't think – I think that's an overly simplistic way of looking at economics because every nation borrows money including the United States. That's what the debt is, right? Not to be confused with the deficit, which the, um, the deficit is the ratio of money coming in versus money being spent, right? So they, they're they connected, but they aren't the same thing. So the, the point is, and I think the only time we've had a surplus was after Bill Clinton, correct? I don't know if that was the only time we had a surplus, but we did have a surplus after Bill Clinton. Okay, yeah, um... Anyway, the point is um so every nation has to borrow money because every na- every nation is a corporation. You know what I'm saying? Cuz every co- every big corporation has to borrow money. They they borrow money for operating costs and then pay it back with the profits. Right? And so so the question isn't do they should they or should they not borrow more money? They almost certainly need to borrow more money. The I think the problem is And I think the problem is what they're spending that money on. Because if they're not spending money on things that make them more productive as a country, then you're going to end up with situations like this. I am not familiar thoroughly with Sri Lanka's situation. I may have just watched something about it. um, Because I think they're in utter collapse. I think they got like one stupid president that uh, won... On populism, right, and uh, that, if I that's a little bit I know about it, and he com- he introduced all these policies that sent the economy spiraling, and then he compounded the the negative shit by doing worse things. I think he banned he banned uh, he banned the import of seeds or something like that. Like he, he, something happened that made the 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 farming shit collapsed. Turn
1: that microphone a little bit like, right. yeah, like that. There
0: you go. He, he, he banned the import or export of something that made it so that farmers couldn't uh, couldn't make enough food. Mm-hmm. And that started this, you know, the total collapse, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was Sri Lanka that I just read something about. So um, that's, oh, I guess I answered your second question. How does the economy work? Every time I hear about how it works, it <laughs> sounds like a joke to me. You don't actually have to answer this one. Well, I just did. Um, well, I did to 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 uh, uh, to some extent. Um, can the external debt just be forgiven? <laughs> of course not. Well, the, it could be, but it, it won't. Well, oh, right. Well, that's actually two questions. You're asking: Is it possible? Sure. Is it likely? No. Uh, sure any debt can be forgiven in fact um i think i recently uh read about that, that 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 actually used to be a common practice that every so many years this was back in feudal times every so many years uh debt would be forgiven because to avoid this very situation you didn't want people in lifetime debt uh it was just better for the economy and so Kings would do this and just forgive debt every so many years. Um, it's called a Jubilee. A Jubilee. There you go. Da- uh, David Graeber, debt. This um, is not the first time that it's come up on this podcast. Hey, that's what we do here. We educate, we entertain, so on. Can, uh, so um, how about one of these multi billionaires paying it? See, this is, okay, listen, you got to get that out of your mind. <laughs> the, 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 the because you say one of these multi billionaires, the banks and the multi billionaires and the International Monetary Fund and all of these uh, organizations and entities that loan money and uh, and accumulate wealth and hoard wealth, they will never have any intention of r- relieving anything. They'll let the whole thing collapse. I mean, you've seen it. Every time we come close to economical collapse, it's because. One of these organizations or several got greedy, even though they saw it coming, because they're convinced, like as long as they're still the richest ones, they don't care how poor everyone is. You understand know what I'm saying? They don't care if, like, if there's one dollar left on Earth, as long as they got it. And, and you know, let's just say it's a dollar fifty left on Earth, and they got a dollar and the fifty cent is spread among everybody else. They don't give a fuck. They'll let it all just fucking... Rich. Because being rich, being that rich isn't about an amount of money. It's about ha- having more than the next person. It's about having the most. I mean, if you think we in trouble now, wait till we get the technology to goddamn harvest one of these asteroids that's just full of gold or platinum or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You well, you think we seeing some fucking wars now, motherfucker? Pfft. I'm telling you right now, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap as soon as we because that, that's what it's all about it's just greed it's greed for greed's sake billionaires aren't trying to be billionaires so they can have a billion dollars they are trying to have billionaires so they can have more than you it's like look at the fact that look look at these motherfuckers going to space i, I made fun of uh jeff bezos a, a, a while back because you know the my joke back then was that like he didn't do anything for humanity when he went to space <laughs> he didn't he didn't take a measurement he didn't <laughs> you know he didn't you know take a take a fucking uh, any kind of animal to see if it survived or or, or a disease or like he didn't he didn't come back with anything any knowledge that we didn't have beforehand you know he just went so he could say he went you know he he went because he knew the other be 'cause because you know elon had more money than him he, was, he went from being the richest man in the world to the second richest man in the world. And he was like, well, now I'm gonna do, I'm gonna beat him at something, I'm gonna beat him at something. It's a, it's a whole just dick measuring contest. They don't care about money. They care about dominance. They wanna win. Every day they wake up and win. Because me, because look, I'm the type of motherfucker that if I had a billion dollars, I would. I would feel like that's enough. I, you know, I, I'm gonna go live it up until I die and leave a little bit to my kids or whatever, right? <laughs> but that's why I'm not Elon Musk. It's because you like that, that's why I'm not De- Jeff Bezos. Because because you you got to be the type of motherfucker to be one of them. You got to be the type of motherfucker to have a billion dollars and one more. Not just one more. You need more. You need more. It's not enough. You gotta be one of those people. And I like to think that I'm not one of those people. Now, I've never had a billion dollars. I don't know how I would act. Maybe I would turn into a fucking tyrant. Who knows, you know? But I, I, I think you get to a level of wealth where it starts to corrupt you and erode you. That's why you have all these billionaires giving their money away. You know, like like the ones that really are, like Bill Gates that are like, just fucking every year I'm giving away 100 million, 200 million, 300 million. Now, they're not giving away enough, they're not giving it all away. They still wanna be rich. <laughs> They also got some reasons why they give it away, oh yeah, not yeah exactly yeah. They, uh, the most I know that's that's the whole thing the, the philanthropy thing that's what's so weird to me is like they they have the average person fooled with the philanthropy because it's like you would pay less if you just paid taxes, but you'd rather be philanthropic because to the average person it looks like you're 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 being uh I don't know, I listened to a podcast a long time ago um, and it was it was someone being interviewed. It was a guy interviewing people that were you know, for lack of a better term, consigliaries to the most rich people. They were basically, I mean, I guess in layman's terms you would call them an assistant. But they're like a Mr. Fixer, they're like the wolf in Paul Fiction. Yeah, they like the wolf in Paul Fisher, but they, they are the answer to every problem that where they, you know, if somebody need to be killed, if a dead person need to be buried, if they need to you know, like this dude said, like his his interview was like he he needed to meet He had forty eight hours. Yeah, he had forty eight hours. He needed to meet the billionaire in in um in um Hong Kong, but he needed to bring like some shrimp that you could only get in some other country. You know what I mean? And and you could only get them a certain time of year or something. It was like some challenge like that. So he had to show up with these shrimp that you could only get from if you had the right connections and all. And that was his interview. You know what I'm saying? And anyway, the guy was talking about how. How the way those the way those kind of people think is not even nothing like us,
1: Mm-mm.
0: you know what I mean? Like, the, the, you know, a, one one thing that I thought was interesting, and maybe I brought this up before, but uh, but that's the nature of having a long running and successful podcast. So sometimes you repeat yourself. <laughs> um, no, but but the <clears throat> the 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 thing that I thought was the most interesting uh, was he said that they trust the people they pay more than their family more than the people they love that makes sense to me because they're, they're because they're fa- I mean imagine being born knowing that billions of dollars is yours as soon as one person dies or you're 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 1 degree of separation away from the money you need to do anything So the people that they, the people that are in their family are the ones that they are on the most guard from. You know what I'm saying? Because they know, because this is just human nature, they know that if you, if your work is fulfilling and you're getting paid more than enough, your loyalty is almost guaranteed. You know? Also, like your transaction, the
1: transactional nature of your relationship is out in the open. Everything's on the table. Right. And, and that's
0: the thing. Anything I offer my, I can offer my employee more than they could have ever helped for. But anything I offer my family is still less than everything I have, which is what they're measuring up against. It's like they can have it all once I die or once I'm whatever. But so anything I offer them is less than their dreams. Anything I offer my employee can be more than their dreams. So I, I can trust them more because I'm get, you know, I'm fulfilling that. I'm fulfilling their desires, you know what I'm saying?
1: One of the things that Warren Buffett did was uh I believe he has already written it into his will that he's basically donating the vast majority of his wealth to causes that he cares about and all of his children and everything will be taken care of. Like they're set up for life, but he's told them like this is how much you're getting. When I die, this is how much you're getting and it doesn't it's not going to change no matter what. And it's it's to like, he's like, number one, I don't want to give them so much money
0: that they just become kings of the earth for no fucking reason except coming out of my dick. I know, but look, if I'm one of Warren Buffett's kids, I'm like, hey, hey Pop, you know what? It's cute that you still live in the same house you grew up in, but I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to give me a five-bedroom or something. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I think, uh, no, no. Warren Buffett, first
1: off, doesn't live in the same house that he grew up in. No? I thought that no, was his old It's one mythos. of his. It's one of his... One he still, of his he still owns that one. All oh, right. right. <laughs> you know, well, no. that's the thing.
0: All these that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's also weird. All these billionaires love to. They never correct the myth that they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, or that they, uh, you know, anything that makes them seem humble. Oh, they started. Uh, I started in the garage. Uh, you, you know, like mm-hmm. all of that shit that ain't true. You know what I mean? They let they let those myths propagate. You know what I mean? It's like because because you, because you, you see, if you clap at Elon Musk, he clapping back immediately. But the lie that he started from nothing, he don't never say nothing about that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They never do nothing to correct that. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, Sorry for the long email. It's just that I feel like I'm too dumb to understand some things. We all are, man. Thanks, by the way, for answering the colonization question after you elaborated it. I felt that the context in which it was said made sense. Thanks for the free entertainment. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what we're here for, Kev. Thanks for the the well-thought-out and thorough um, question. I like that. Okay, this is from Joseph. Hello. I hope this message finds you well and in good spirits. As a fellow veteran, uh, I truly appreciate your comedy and some of your viewpoints. Only some? (laughs) I'm right all the time. When I was a teenager in Houston, Texas in the late 90s, I was, you were a teenager in the late 90s. Oh, okay, so, 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 so weren't, we, weren't we all? As a fellow veteran, I truly, blah, 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 uh, I was an employee of Best Buy in the Galleria. Oh, shit, here we go. I was a young techie at the time, so Best Buy was a bit of a mecca for me. Man, they used to be so good. The only reason anyone that I knew worked retail was for the employee discount facts. No one cared about <laughs> customer service at all also true as employees of the store see for me it was circus city actually to me the best tech store that ever existed it was fries and it just went out of business i love fries man you could go in there and just oh chairs on the floor fries uh you could you could the fries you could buy all the computer parts and then take it up to the front desk and they would put it together for you the is amazing. Cable management, everything. I don't know how they went out of business. Actually, I do. They had a very, very, very uh, generous return policy. As employees of the store, we often bragged about ditching customers and sending them on wild goose chases. <gasps> that makes perfect sense. Because um, I find when that, most of the time when I'm in a Best Buy, I know more than the person that's working there about the thing I'm asking about. Mm-hmm. Um. As employees of the store, we okay, let me finish this letter before I keep stopping. As an employee of the store, we often bragged about ditching customers and sending them on wild goose chases. Many of the older employees that handled things in the warehouse often bragged about damaging TVs and things that were on their way to customer sites. At our particular store, there was a bit of scandal about the loss prevention team stealing. The Best Buy that I worked at was a bit of a cesspool during those days. Every time I go, I reminisce about all of the mischief and thievery that went on there, from the sale policies and practices to the everyday person-to-person interactions. On a side note, I quit so I could go to the Kappa Beach party with my friends one year. I must say, as an employee, I had a wonderful time. I also learned a lot. As a current customer this is educated on be- that is educated on Best Buy, I think you need to look at Best Buy and its employees with the same feelings that you look at Walmart and its employees. Thank you for your time. Uh... F- DJ fat Joe okay um yeah I guess I guess I guess you have a point there Joe we the expectations we have from Best Buy are higher than Walmart for some reason even though to be honest with you you the thing is there're way more Walmarts than Best Buys and and the the quality of Walmart varies so widely. It's almost like McDonald's. Like you know, we're, 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 me and my friends always have to go. You know, that's that's the good McDonald,
1: mm.
0: or that's the bad Jack in the Box. You know what I mean? And 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 so there's so many WalMarts that like. Depend- I usually think the opposite. I usually think of
1: Walmart as being pretty uniform, no matter where you are. But it's all
0: kind of crap. But you can get anything. Well, that's what they claim. No, no, no. I mean, you can get some. You can get some nice shit at. I mean, you can get anything at Walmart that you can get at Best Buy. You can buy any uh, any item at Walmart that you can buy at Best Buy.
1: No, because I was I, I was actually at Walmart and Best Buy yesterday. What were you trying to get? And I was trying to get, uh, uh, well, some like audio cables and stuff like that. Best Buy had them, Walmart didn't. Wait, a minute, but what? Something very specific? Not that specific. I mean, I'm talking about like some, uh, like a like a like a splitter for a for an audio to,
0: cable. Did you go to Did you go to Walmart.com?
1: Well, I'm sure they have it on Walmart.com. Right, what, what,
0: that's what I mean It's like, so, so there, but there's different levels of Walmart, right? Like, you get sure. there's the small WalMarts, there's the mega. I mean, I don't think they call them that anymore. But if you go <laughs> to like the biggest Walmart, They're it's like, like the Wa- Walmart Supercenter. Yeah, like a, a supercenter, every everything is in that motherfucker. Or if you go to, or if you use the Walmart app. Even though I, I can't, I haven't bought something from Walmart in probably 15 years. Ever since I watched that documentary. I was like, and and I I just took some moral stance about it, and then I realized, oh, they're not everyone's horrible. This, it's not just them. Target's evil, Best Buy's evil, they all evil. It's like if you're shopping at all, you're you're contributing to some evil shit. Uh, Walmart is no different. Um, but they do kind of force anyway. Walmart. My point is, um, I set the bar of expectations higher. Like when I go into a Walmart, I'm not expecting anything, which is why I. am I can I can be impressed if I walk into a Walmart that is like really on the up and up. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure they the stores are still run by different people. Like they have mm-hmm. different policies they want to implement, but the experience you have is going to vary. Like if you you know same like if I if I go into Best Buy the other day, I, w- I went in the Best Buy in the TV section, and I'm and 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 I, and I already knew what I wanted. I'd already done tons of research, and I'd already actually bought what I was looking at. Um, and I just just to test the guy, I was asking him questions about it. And it was the first time I've been in the Best Buy in a decade where the person in that department actually knew what the fuck they were talking about. You know what I mean? He like if I was somebody that didn't know shit, if I hadn't done any of my research at all, I could have walked in there and asked that guy and he would have I would have walked out of there. Or maybe he could tell that I knew what I was talking about, so he was you know, keeping on the up and up. Maybe he would have bullshitted somebody else. You know what I mm, mean? Mm, but mm-hmm. but the point is, he actually knew what he was talking about. Most most of the time, I go on the Best Buy. I'm like, where is this thing? And people are like, like he said, they just go, oh, go over there, and then they hide. You know what <laughs> I mean? So <clears throat> I, I have I have two things
1: that I want your response on, though. Number one, difference between like Walmart and McDonald's. McDonald's is franchises, right? So that's like independent business owners that pay for the that pay a franchise fee. Walmart, uh, uh, McDonald's is oh, right, franchises. Right, right, right. Walmart's aren't. Walmarts are all owned by Walmart corporate, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, so I think that that's one of the reasons why I think of, like, Walmart as being a little more uniform, because right. they all respond back to the mothership, right? And then the other thing is I feel like the reason why we expect more out of, like, a Best Buy is, like, the specificity. The fact that Best Buy is, spe- Experts. is specific, but it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, if, if you just want to buy a pair of jeans, you can go to Walmart and they have blue jeans there, but you don't expect there to be a jeans expert right, you know, or right. a, or a tailor or any shit there. But right. if you go to like a nice, if you go to like a lucky jeans co where you're going to be paying six times as much for a pair of jeans, you kind of expect the people that work at the jeans store to know a little bit more about like, what is the difference between this kind of cut versus this kind of cut?
0: No, you're right. You're right. It's almost like when you go to when you go to a high end restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, and you ask like, "What does this mean?" You expect to, right? He's like, you go to Best Buy. It's like you know, it's like it's like if I go to a steakhouse and I ask about the steak, I expect a, a thorough answer. You know what I mean? If I go to a an electronics store, I expect. But the problem is, <laughs> when you buy things, you know when. You a place like that is hiring the people that are willing to work there, and not the people that would like to work there. You know, like 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 he said, like I was a geek in the in in the, in the nineties, and I would have loved a job at Best Buy because I hadn't had a job before. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you hiring teenagers that ha- that haven't had a job before. You're not hiring experts. You're hiring people that are willing to work for that shitty pay under shitty conditions with little to no training, you know, so you can get the cheapest employee and you don't really care much about the customer experience. I mean, even now, I mean, going into a Best Buy store is still your best bet. BestBuy.com, I would not fuck with that with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't order nothing from BestBuy.com unless you're going to have it just sent to the store. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even they going to even fuck that up. You know, so it's like, I wouldn't fuck with their website at all. Their app can suck my dick. Walmart, on the other hand, you know, customer service-wise, they ain't bad because Walmart, Walmart rapes its employees and the manufacturers, and they're usually pretty good about the customer because that's their whole thing. They want the customer to be like, oh, Walmart's great. So, you know. They yeah. rape their suppliers and their workers, and they pass the savings on to you. Right, Exactly. It's uh yeah, it's uh yeah, so um, but thank you for your uh for your story, so let's move on to what's the elephant in the room today, rob?
1: well, the elephant in the room today is uh Elon Musk being sued by uh Twitter in Chancery Court, Delaware Chancery Court,
0: what is chancery court Chancery Court is sounds like some British shit,
1: yeah, it comes out of some British shit. But it, uh, chancery court is the court in, so Delaware has some of the most pro corporate, uh, legislation in the country. That's why there's so many companies that operate in different States, but are incorporated in Delaware for, for business and tax purposes. Okay. And, uh, because of that the chancery court is where they adjudicate contractual issues between large corporations and, um, that is why Twitter brought suit in chancery court because they have jurisdiction over this, yep. over the, the Twitter <clears throat> buyout deal. But how can Twitter force somebody to buy something? Uh, well, that is, that, that, is a, that is a form of specific performance in contracts. So generally, you- Rob's a lawyer, everybody. Yep. This is not, I would not like to point out, this is not legal advice. This is for educational and entertainment
0: purposes exactly. only. This is a swim portion. This is the swim portion, yes. Someone that isn't us. Someone who isn't us. Yeah, who, some, someone some, who isn't me. Someone who isn't me. There we go.
1: Would what? Would say that um it's it's there's a, there's some complicated issues of when they would because there is a penalty clause in, in Elon's contract that if he just pulls out, he automatically owes him a billion dollars to walk away. So like that's kind of the that's the baseline. He's gonna have to pay a billion dollars just to, to get out of the contract. But uh, with contracts like this, especially whether like, these large mergers or acquisitions, uh, the Chancery Court will enforce the deal, make it go through, because there's a bunch of different reasons why. In deals this large, when there is a huge amount of lead time between when the contract is negotiated and signed, and then when it actually like goes through, like imagine like buying a house, mm-hmm. right? Like the from when you put money into escrow sign the sign the transfer and then all the way through to when it closes, right? It's mm-hmm. a large period of time. Right. Uh it's even longer for these like multi billion dollar companies. And so they will often enforce the terms of the contract, make the deal go through to prevent people from doing some bullshit shenanigans to manipulate the price of either their own company or the company that they're trying to buy.
0: Okay. And while they adjudicate. Yeah, or you're saying, are you saying that people in Elon's position always lose? Or are you saying the court will, while they decide who wins or loses, will still make the? Th-
1: oh no, they, they will. They will decide whether. I'm saying two things. Number one, people in Elon's position, Elon is in a very, very weak position legally, and there is plenty of precedence for the Chancery Court to enforce this contract and force Elon to purchase okay, okay, Twitter well, for the well, deal well, that he...
0: Well, well, explain that to people that are... Because I don't understand that. I feel like... I mean, at least if I'm going by what he's saying, he's saying he offered to buy Twitter. Mm-hmm. He gave them uh, some requirements ahead of time. He feels like they didn't meet those requirements, and so now he doesn't want to buy it. That's, so, what, that's what he's making it seem like. You're yes. saying he signed a contract to buy it. So so let, let's imagine that he was buying... Let's say
1: uh, imagine you're buying a house, right? Okay. Okay? And you say, I'm going to buy your house for a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to waive the inspection on it because Elon did that. He waived certain protections that a buyer would normally have in order to close the deal faster. Why?
0: Well, oh, I, don't close, know, I don't know why he by.
1: did it, but I mean, uh, the, the, you, one would assume the same reason why you would waive inspection on a house, right? Is like you want, to, you want them to take your deal. Because when you buy a house, the seller, uh, the the house gets inspected after you make the offer and they accept the offer, right? Then you go through, like, curing the deed and inspecting the house and everything, and then eventually you close, like, a month later, Mm -hmm. right? So, uh, for the seller, that's a risk. There's a risk that, like, the... The the the, the 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 inspecting comes back a certain way or whatever and then you pull out because of that. So that's a risk to them because they lose that sale, mm-hmm. right? So one way that a buyer of a house can make their offer more enticing to the seller is say, you know what, I'm going to waive I'm going to waive the the inspection or, you know, I'm going to I'm going to shorten the window to closing, right? To 14 days. There's a bunch of different things you can do to make your beyond just the dollar amount that you're giving. Mm-hmm. There's different ways. Same thing with like cash offer, right? Cash offer is more enticing to a house seller because there's no chance that like your loan is going to fall through and you won't be able to buy the house after all. Right, right, right. Right? So so Elon, a lot of a lot of similar things. So Elon waived he waved his protections. He wait he waived a bunch of protections. Okay. And um, there was also a requirement in uh in the deal that Twitter had to furnish him with uh information that was yeah about uh, all the bots and shit that, well uh, there's a there's sort of an umbrella term for things that are like reasonably related to like the terms of the deal okay, and the right, ongoing right. business okay, right yeah, yeah. but they don't have to like it he can't he can't say to them i want you to do a poll of all of your employees to find out what their favorite color is because that's bullshit. And you know and so you can't blow up the deal because they didn't do that. But he asked right? them how many bots
0: there were. That seems reasonable.
1: Well, but he stipulated to he stipulated to the the bot numbers that they had in their public disclosures in the deal. So, if you read the complaint that Twitter's lawyers put together. It's a it's a it's a good complaint. I would also recommend and I'll put a link in the show notes. Patrick Boyle is a finance guy on YouTube mm-hmm. who recently did a video about this and he has a lot of experience in these like mergers and acquisitions. Um you know, you never know who's going to win a court case, but Elon is on it, it pretty weak there's pretty weak arguments in his in his lawyers
0: response to these to these things. Hmm. Okay. You know? Wow. So he may end up having being forced to spend what was it? Forty billion? Forty four billion? Forty one billion? Something like that?
1: Forty two billion? Elon Musk, Twitter.
0: Man, boy, man, they saw his ass coming because they've been waiting to sell Twitter. The, remember when Twitter first came out? He was like, "How the fuck they gonna make money?" <laughs> yeah, like, forty four billion. They've been waiting on the motherfucker to come along and buy this. Ooh. Okay. And 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 the reason
1: why the reason why the court would enforce the deal is because the, the uh the price of all of the um of all tech stocks have plummeted since this deal was struck. Right? And so it's not like they can just
0: find another seller. Right. And they're also saying that he tried to purposely make it like but a lot of the comments he makes affect stock prices. Yes. It? Okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Which,
1: so. which that, that is all there. He's also being investigated by the SEC,
0: by the um, <clears throat> SEC. Okay. So, you know, the funniest thing to me about all this is, uh, is that, <laughs> cause this, and this is what happens when you're, when you, uh, when you're, when you get caught up in the dogma and when you really pick, political sides or when you when you when you when you make your stances absolute right is that what's so funny is so many of my friends that were absolutely pissed that elon was buying twitter hate elon musk so much that now they're happy that he may be forced to buy. It. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 so crazy to me. If because you know who you fucking are, you know who you are. Think about that. Just sit with it. Don't because I know my words sting a little bit, but just think think about how quickly you switch positions, and the fact that that your those two positions don't. You're not being intellectually consistent. And just examine yourself and think about why that is. Where does it really come from? Because you can't feel both of those things. Right? Because am I, am, I, am, I, am, I, am I exaggerating? Do you think? Because there were a lot of people that were upset when they heard that he was buying Twitter. Right? Yeah. And now there's a lot of people that are like, fuck him. Yeah, buy it, motherfucker. <laughs> right? Those same, like, those the same people.
1: It could be consistent because he's he's really overpaying for it because he's gonna be paying
0: fifty four dollars and twenty cents. Yeah, a share. but forty billion dollars ain't shit to him. That ain't shit to him. He's a trillionaire. That ain't shit to him. It's it's I mean it's gonna hurt. I mean look look, forty billion dollars is forty billion dollars. It doesn't matter if you have more. I mean, it's still a lot of money to be spending on something. He's he's worth two hundred and thirty billion right now. But, but think about the reason the reason you were upset that he was buying it in the first place. Those reasons aren't those haven't changed. Mm-hmm. He's still going to have control over Twitter in a way that you weren't happy with, right? And now you're happy that he's bu- that he's going to be forced to buy it. He's going to get those same controls, you know. It, 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 you know, because I was I was I was happy that he was buying Twitter. I was like, I, fuck him, you know. Actually, I, I I would say I was neutral, leaning towards happy with it. Um, because I don't think it matters to be honest with you. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think. Because whenever political people get involved in everything, they always catastrophize. Right? Everything's the end of the world. It's the end of all things. And and I'm always skeptical of those people. Anybody just trying to manipulate my emotions? You should be outraged. When I hear people say that, I'm out. You know, <laughs> Unless it's a life or death situation, don't tell me how I'm supposed to feel. Even then, I ain't trying to hear it for real, for real. But... <clears throat> Anyway, yeah, I guess that is the elephant in the room for sure. Um, also, uh, well, we, we I guess we already talked about the James Webb Space Telescope. Even though all these motherfuckers are jumping on the bandwagon now, even though I've been talking about it for years, because it, the launch, even while this is what this is what I hate about these casual science people, the James Webb Space, Space, Space Telescope was supposed to launch back when Obama was president you know what i mean and it has been delayed 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 and when it finally launched cuz i talked about this i think on my first appearance on joe rogan i talked about it it was being launched christmas back 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 right before christmas no that was my that was my second time on rogan yeah but it, but back before christmas is when it, it, it i think it launched on christmas day um people still didn't know about it they still weren't talking about it And now it's one photo out there that people barely understand. And now everybody's a fucking astrophysicist. I guess this is what I want. December
1: 25th, 2021, you are correct.
0: Yeah, I wanted people to be, I want people to be more scientifically literate. But I also honestly, earnestly believe that the most dangerous people on earth are the the people that are halfway smart. So it's like, if you're not gonna go all the way and at least get, you know, the basics down, don't fucking talk about don't talk about my baby. <laughs> don't talk about my baby. Some oh somebody did a cool thing if you might pull this up. Somebody made a replica of the JWST that you can hang on the wall, man. I want that motherfucker. Um it was like a like a nice I don't know if it's a mirror. I mean, it but it is it is it's a it's not a full size replica obviously. That would be ridiculous. But um no, that was thing is cool. Yeah, it's hella cool. It's like the hexagonal plates. Is that the thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> so they made it, they made something to hang on the wall, a, a replica of the mirror on the JWST that you can hang on the wall and uh, if somebody wanted to make me one of those, I would gladly buy mm-hmm. buy it. Um
1: <clears throat> So, so Brian, in the interest of this not turning into a full-on doomer podcast, I have collected for you. Oh, you
0: got me some happy. Shit? I
1: got I got some fun, and or weird, and or happy shit, including some cool science shit.
0: Wait a minute, did we already talk about? Okay, yeah. Well, you you pick. What do you, what, what, what what article are you talking about?
1: Uh I love this article about the Milky Way's plasma bubbles may slow star formation. Did you hear about this?
0: Okay, yeah, I like a little science. science. You know we got to get some more Black History back into the podcast. I think next week we're gonna definitely dive into the.
1: I, I dropped an article in here about Chitlin Circuit too. That's a Okay, let's one. do that.
0: Okay, huge bubbles of plasma billowing, out, billowing out from uh, from the Milky Way center might contain scraps from all over the galaxy and beyond. A new look at gas clouds in the galaxy's Fermi bubble shows that the the clouds contain. Stuff so from the galaxy, starry disk, and from the what is this saying, Rob? What is what is the gist of this?
1: These are so the Milky Way has a galactic disk, right? Like it spreads out in a contra spiral, right? Okay. So it has these bubbles of plasma. That's what the Fermi bubbles are. They're like this this plasma that is tens of thousands of light years tall, like bubbling out. Like if you imagine a Uh, a disk that has, like, bubbles coming out from either side, like, the top and the bottom of it. Right, right, right. And they, uh, these days, many astronomers are convinced that the bubbles uh, were blown by a massive long-ago burp emitted by the galaxy's supermassive black hole. Uh, And that this is, uh, these are clouds of relatively cool, relatively cool gas, They're high-velocity clouds because uh, astrophysicists are so good at naming things. Yeah, they're fucking awful.
0: Um, (laughs) So what can we glean from that?
1: Uh says, uh, the team found a wide, wide range of metals in the clouds from less than a fifth of the suns to more than the suns. That means, quote, these clouds have to originate in both the disk of the Milky Way and the halo of the Milky Way, she says, referring to the chaotic cloud of gas and dust that surrounds oh, the galaxy and I provides
0: see. it with fuel for new stars. I see what's going on. Okay, so to to, to the people that are already lost or thinking about turning it off, <laughs> let me explain. So, Man. How do you explain star formation real quick? So this, from what we know, uh, the, I, our sun, I think, and correct me about this, Rob, I think our son is a third generation star. I think that's right. Okay. So, so, okay. So think about this guys. The, you look at the periodic table of elements, right? And it goes from light to heavy, right? And so the lightest element is uh, hydrogen, right? And, um, but in the beginning of the universe, everything was hydrogen and helium, which is the next highest, heaviest element. So, you know, enough hydrogen gets close enough together and the gravity of each atom is pulling in the other ones, the hydrogen and helium. And it's all getting. <sighs> Fuck. I'm, OK, no, I'm, I'm I'm doing good. And and so eventually there's so much hydrogen in one place that it starts to heat up, right? And, 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 and as the mass of that thing, in that mass in the middle grows, it pulls in more and more of the gas until it gets to the point where uh, fusion starts, right? Mm-hmm. And fusion meaning those hydrogen uh, atoms are getting pu- pu- pushed together so much that they that they fuse together, and two hydrogen atoms become a helium atom, and then the the spare energy is released as photons, which is why the sun shines. Right? That, that that's that's where the light comes from. The the extra energy from those two. Things. Okay. So now, uh, th- and this is a very simplistic way, and I'm definitely leaving things out. Okay. So, but 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 eventually, uh, you know. The, as as there becomes more and more fusion, the ratio of hydrogen to helium starts leaning more towards helium and helium starts to merge together. And I think the next heaviest one is what? Oxygen? Hydro, yeah, hydrogen, helium, oxygen, right? And, and then the next heaviest and the next heaviest and the next heaviest. So what happens is eventually uh, those stars uh explode right because think think about what keeps what keeps the stars together the the, the the like our sun for example is together because the gravity that's pulling everything in is is fighting against the the pressure of the star blowing all that energy out and it's a, it's a balance but but what happens is the, the, the elements, few, it fuses heavier and heavier elements together until it hits iron. Because what happens with iron is that less energy is more, it takes more energy to merge into iron than gets released when that merge happens. And so 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 what ends up happening is the moment a star produces iron is the day it starts dying, because eventually what's going to happen is the inward pressure is going to outweigh the outward pressure and it's going to collapse in on itself and become, uh, you know, a a red giant or uh, or a white dwarf or it's going to go supernova, depending on its mass and all these other things. Right. So then all those in that explosion is when elements heavier than iron get produced. Right. Because so what ends up happening is all that shit gets blown out into wherever and it gets all mixed together and it joins all these other little intergalactic clouds. And then it all happens all over again. The clouds drift together, blah, 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 blah. So with each generation of exploding stars, you start the next generation of gas clouds with heavier elements already there. Which is how they can look at a gas cloud and go, that must have come from a previous generation of star of exploding stars because there are heavier elements already in the gas. I don't think that helped anybody. I think anybody that understood that already knew. Uh, well, you you were you were like I was a little so off. Acu- you were, yeah,
1: but you were so accurate. Like it was pretty impressive. So the the simple way to think of it is. Uh, early massive stars die and they burn through enormous amounts of fuel, fusing together hydrogen into helium, helium into carbon, and then carbon into a bunch of shit, oxygen, neon, silicon, sulfur, and eventually all the way up to cobalt, iron, and nickel.
0: Oh, that's cobalt. That's our favorite element, everyone. We keep cobalt. talking about
1: it. Uh says, at last these stars will die in a catastrophic supernova explosion where the core becomes a neutron star or a black hole, but where the outer layers Get expelled. the the la- this last part is arguably the most important concept in stellar astronomy. The expelled material from an early generation of dying star adds material rich in heavy elements back to the interstellar medium, where it participates in future generations of star formation. So here's here's why the Fermi clouds and these uh, plasma bubbles are important. Okay. So the question was. Why? Why wasn't the the Milky Way more uniform? Why, if if the Milky Way was created at one point, why aren't you know the vast majority of the why aren't the vast majority of the stars that are in it at the
0: same cycle of this ah, process? I see what you're saying. So it's like, right? why, how come every if our sun's a third generation star, how come we all over the Milky Way? We aren't it exactly. Aren't third generation? Why? Stars? Why are the why are there these like? "Quote unquote cold gas
1: uh, elements still in the Milky Way, and the theory right. One of the hypotheses right now is that the energy from these plasma bubbles is is slowing down that condensation that happens to create to to kickstart that process right. of Let's the say, intergenerational. Say, the the, the, star center, the center
0: of the galaxy is is burping yes and 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 those are from things that ate a long time ago and it and and it's it's interfering with the other gas that's forming stars yes
1: it's sort of retarding that that natural process that started in other yeah. places and a Ro- long time ago and rob
0: said retarding okay so <laughs> i like that fucking school time you're going to learn something on here okay this ain't going to just be this to be what i think is dope Okay, and some of y'all might be like, "That was too nerdy for me." But I don't give a fuck how you feel about nothing. All right, I wasted too much. You know what, Rob? I wasted too much time in high school pretending like I wasn't smarter than everybody. I wasn't smarter than everybody, but I'm just mean. I was trying. I thought I had to balance being a real nigga with being smart, and so I pretended to be not as smart. And then I realized that the other real niggas didn't respect me because they could tell I was pretending. And now I'm too grown to give a fuck about any of that. Okay, I'm I'm both things. I'm like I'm like the rabbi from uh, from uh, Lucky Number Eleven. You know, uh-huh. I exist yeah. in both worlds. Okay, you, it's nothing wrong with being intelligent. There's a lot of bad some people ass act ass like of- they're allergic. they allergic to knowledge. <laughs> oh God, this, is a, this is a, he's smart. I don't know. Some people just act stupid. All right, guys. <clears throat> All right, man. That that uh that 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 uh yeah that was that was a, that was a good subject. Um, let me see here. Oh, should we keep going?
1: Science? Let's do another science, man. Let's give the people what they want. Yeah. By the people, I mean us. <laughs>
0: right, right, right. <laughs> zombie fungus? Can we do that one? Yeah. Zombie. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, any I'm, any if I see I'm a simple man. If I see zombie fungus, <laughs> I'm clicking on that. Well, this is
1: also part of your. Lifetime feud with flies.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. Zombie fungus causes incredible urge for males to mate with female corpses, study says. What? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. Um, New research out of the University of Copenhagen in Denmark reveals some interesting, albeit disgusting, facts about a fungus that affects common house flies. The fungus is called... Into hold on, hold on, here we go. <clears throat> the fungus is called Entomopthora muscae. That's right. Okay, and it serves by causing male flies to perform necrophilia with infected female corpses. It res, it survives by causing flies to perform necrophilia with infected female corpses. It works like this. First, okay, guys. <laughs> I I hate flies. If you know anything about me, if you heard any of my in-depth interviews, I hate flies, and if you're not familiar with why, I will tell the story for the thousandth time. But <clears throat> uh, on my first deployment to Iraq, in 2003. Well, we were in Kuwait. We we moved. We went over the border when the war started. And we were, So, I was there at the very beginning uh, of the invasion, and so we didn't have all the, you know, pizza and internet and all the shit the little niggas got now, right? So, anyway, <clears throat> it was just me, my buddy Tommy Dumaney, And I was just with this motherfucker for 13, 14, 15 hours a day. And we were we were surviving on MREs and all this, and we were, we I was in I was in what they call early warning and and control. So we move we. We moved up as a little unit ahead, because the big units move slow as fuck. So we moved up ahead, set up a little mini thing, and waited for them to all catch up, and then we moved up ahead. That that was our thing, right? So. So, anyway. We ended up in this place called uh, Anumania, and it had—I just remember it having very, um, very moist soil, more than I've ever seen in my life. Like they could have probably grow some shit here. Um, But anyway, this this is at the point where like we didn't even have porta potties. We were digging holes to shit in every morning, right? And as you can probably surmise, a few hundred marines shitting in ten holes every morning it's gonna cause some flies, right? And this is when I learned a lot about flies. So uh one I learned that these flies uh they hibernate. I don't think they call it that when it comes to flies, but if you get up early enough in the morning and you have a fly infestation, we had these little tarps and you could you could you could you could scrape the flies off and they wouldn't move. They wouldn't wake up, they wouldn't fly away. You could just scrape them all off put them in a trash can and burn the motherfuckers, which we did because they deserve to die. And, um, but by the next day, it would be completely full. I mean, a million flies, easy. Just up up on the ceiling, just covering every fucking square inch of it, right? And, but during the, when the sun came up and they warmed up, they would wake up and they would be fucking everywhere. And the thing is, with the MREs, the meals ready to eat, there was these meals that you would they came in a bag, and you would break it open, and there was a little mechanisms to heat everything up, and you we you know we would eat you would eat out of the bag if you had any fucking sense. But with, in the, in Anunnaki, there were so many, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, and it's not definitely not the only place. But but the moment you opened your bag, you had a second and a half to scoop food out into your mouth. And, clo- and close the bag, because the flies would am- would just attack. They would just, they were so, because there were so many flies and so little uh, so little moisture out there that, like, they could just smell, like, they, they would literally just be fucking flying into your face while you're trying to eat, which is why I don't fucking pick outdoor seats at restaurants. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with people, why they don't mind this, because I've never sat outside at a restaurant and not had bugs flying around us. For what? They're bad enough. They'll get in the restaurant sometimes, but sitting outside is just unacceptable to me. I don't give a fuck how nice it is out or whatever. So anyway, I just get I get triggered by it. It's you know it's just something that I just can't deal with. I just won't deal with it. You know what I'm saying? And um, anyway, so Rob knows that story. He's heard it a few times. It's why I fucking hate flies. Maybe not more than any other bug on earth but they up there they close but you know when you hear I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy it survives by causing male flies to perform necrophilia with infected female corpses that's sick right there man I don't know cause a fly you know the flies was just trying to survive <laughs> and you know and I'm gonna choose my survival over theirs you know what I'm saying because they gave a lot of people, you know, I don't, not dysentery, but like diarrhea and all that. Because they was landing on everything and landing on your food and landing in your mouth and landing in your... You know what I'm saying? We didn't we exactly they carry, have...
1: They carry uh, E. coli and stuff.
0: Yeah, all kind of shit. diphtheria, all that shit, mm. right? So it was just... It was life or death between me and the fly. So that's how I see it. But they were just trying to survive. They weren't trying to kill me. They weren't trying to make me shit my brains out. This here is... You know, listen. If I could snap my fingers and and, and make it so flies don't exist, straight up fly uh, genocide, I would do that. They know some. Yeah, but I mean, I know that they're crucial to the ecosystem for some fucking reason. But I wouldn't want them to go out like this.
1: <laughs> Not like this. Well, well, what about the what about the fungus that The fungus is just trying to survive. <sighs> That's a good point. This fungus is a motherfucker. This is.
0: That's a good point. And is this fungus necessary for the ecosystem? I mean, this fungus is evil, though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This fungus is evil. The fly is just trying to eat shit. Something I ain't want in the first place. You know, he's just trying to eat shit and hydrate. This fungus is trying to torture a motherfucker. Okay, so let's talk about this. Let's, let's talk about how it works. That was a huge sidebar. It works like this. First, the fungus infects the female fly with deadly spores that consume the fly from within slowly over roughly six days. Second, after the fungus has completely taken over the female fly, it changes the female's behavior, causing the flies to the highest. Oh, causing, this is a typo. Causing the fly to fly to the highest point it can reach. Whether on top of a vegetation or a wall, the study says. Then the fly dies. When the fungus kills the female, it releases chemical signals to male flies called sesquiterpenes. Sesquiterpenes. Oh, sesquiterpenes, like terpenes in uh, in, 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 in weed. In, in weed. Okay, the chemical signal acts as pheromones that bewitch male flies and cause an incredible urge for them to mate with lifeless female carcasses <laughs> during the copulation spores from the dead female are showered onto the male which then suffers the same fate as the female as the male fly is likely to travel this ensures the survival of the zombie uh fungus our observation suggests that this is a very deliberate strategy for the fungus. It is a true master of manipulation, and this is incredibly fascinating. Yeah, Doc, Dr. Henrik, Dr. Henrik H. Define Lich, (laughs) fucking weirdo. It's not fascinating. (laughs) The research by the University of Copenhagen and the Swedish University of Agriculture Sciences in Aleharp Alnarp oh, also showed that the corpses of dead female flies become more attractive the more time that has passed. <laughs> Meaning, the longer the fly is left rotting, the more attractive it is to the male. Fly. <laughs> this is fucking horrible. That's a horror movie. Okay, imagine this on a human scale. Say there was, say there was a fungus that could infect a woman where she would just climb up to the top of a building and die. And then she would release a hormone where every man within half a mile would just be uncontrollably fucking horny and driven to her. And then you fuck her, and then and then the same thing start happening to you. That, that sound like a evil... That sound like something like a, a super villain would... Would dream up, and so they've just done studies, right? Where they where they realize that fungi, uh, or at least some fungi are intelligent. They be they problem solve and work through mazes and mm-hmm. also type of shit like that. So for him to say this seems deliberate, I take that to mean that this fungus could have some other way of of surviving other than destroying flies. But it's just chosen to be vicious like this. Why flies and not some other insect? Why not bees or Well I think they do
1: they do have forms of this. Like isn't cordyceps don't the cordyceps mushrooms or cordyceps fungus have some form they make like zombie uh oh, yeah. or, uh
0: ants ants, right? Oh right, right, right. You're right. Yep. Yep. And uh, but wait, wait, there's more While all this may seem disgusting to some, no, most of us (laughs) don't. There's a side effect that could benefit all. Now, here's where we are, man, because this is human nature. If it benefits us, the suffering of these flies may be worth it. Let's see. Scientists working on a study say the new knowledge could lead to more effective fly repellents in the future. (laughs) I'm all for it. Get out there, fungi! <laughs> Kill these motherfuckers! Let us find a way to permanently repel flies. Listen, if a billion flies got to fuck zombie corpses for me to for for them to stay the fuck away from my outdoor table, I'm all in, baby. And that's our time. BS with Brian Simpson. That was a fun episode. What do you think, Rob? i had a had a blast man. yeah don't forget uh our uh manscape code uh b s twenty will get you twenty percent off and free shipping um don't forget to email me with all your questions concerns tips advice or fuck yous. that's b s with brian simpson at gmail.com. don't forget to go to my website briansimmpsoncom dot com for my tour dates i will be in uh richmond Virginia this weekend the 22nd and 23rd go get your tickets at com. I'll be on tour with Tom Sagura the following week starting in Denver and the next week I'll be in Springfield, Missouri. Springfield, Missouri. Now that show is not on the website yet. It got added at the last moment, but it will go the ticket link will go up um on Monday. So I'll be in Springfield, Missouri next uh the week after next. Next weekend, I'll be on tour with Segura. Um, and this weekend, the 22nd and 23rd of July, I will be in uh, Richmond, uh, Virginia. So go to my website. Buy tickets to that. We haven't sold that many. How many have sold? Not enough. Only hundreds. We need to get that up to 1,000, baby. You know what I'm saying? I know it's it's 1,000 people in the VA that fuck with you, boy. Um, And we'll see y'all next week.